Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Inside the Brain Of, where I'll interview a manual therapist to get inside their brain and try to understand their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson, and I'm a board-certified sports chiropractor and neurokinetic therapy instructor. This podcast is dedicated to helping manual therapists to better incorporate NKT concepts and ideas into their practice. And if you're listening and you're not an NKT provider, hopefully this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Neurokinetic therapy has been developed by David Weinstock over the past 30 years. David is a body worker from California, and he's put together an incredible technique that helps you break down patients' faulty movement patterns by identifying muscle imbalances and determining specifically what muscles aren't firing properly and what muscles are compensating from them. From this information, you can then determine what muscles require manual therapy and which muscles need corrective exercise. By performing the right treatment and prescribing the right corrective exercise program, your patient can change their motor control center and reset their faulty movement patterns. The goal is to stop treating symptoms and start treating causes. And in fact, not only is NKT a technique, but it's a a way of looking at things. Uh, So, for example, uh, I I get a lot of patients that come in and say, oh, I've been foam rolling this muscle and stretching that muscle and foam rolling this and foam rolling that. And, you know, it helps a little bit, but it, it still comes back and my calves are still extremely tight. Well, looking at it from the NKT perspective, we want to ask the question, why are those muscles tight? Why do you have to keep doing that? And that's where it leads us to the the muscle imbalance and the inhibited muscle. If we can figure out what's not functioning properly, then we can figure out what's compensating. Then we know for sure what needs to be treated, what needs to be stretched, what needs to be foam rolled. This way, we're not just giving some random exercises to our patients. It's very specific to what their problems are. So again, hopefully, we're not just treating the symptoms, we're treating the causes. Now, NKT has over 1,100 providers all over the world. It's becoming a very popular technique. In fact, Dr. Kathy Dooley just returned from Australia, where she was teaching uh, down there, and now we have a bunch of providers from there. I was just cruising around on the um, NKT upcoming seminar website, and I saw that we have a seminar going on in, in Chile uh, by uh, being taught by Ruben Serrano, who's a practitioner down in Miami. So exciting, exciting times. I also noticed while I was just uh, five minutes ago looking at the upcoming schedules uh, is that Joel Crandall, my previous guest um, from the last podcast, is going to be teaching a class in California in June, a level one class. So awesome, awesome times and awesome growth growth for NKT. So if you're really interested, now is the time to get on board and see uh, what's going on. You can always check that website for upcoming courses. If you don't see one in your area and you're interested in hosting, feel free to contact us because we're we're always willing uh, to go out and teach. Uh, There's a bunch of teachers right now, and um, we can always get someone out to you if we think um, we can get a class full. Now, I'd also like to say uh, that in addition to being an incredible technique and an incredible class, the NKT community is absolutely amazing. We have uh, a Facebook page that's a private page. We have, actually have three Facebook pages depending on what level class you have. Um, we have the Scholars page for Level 1, uh, the Advanced page for Level 2, and then the Masters page for Level 3. And it, it's absolutely amazing the amount of sharing uh, and learning that's going on in there. 
We also have the opportunity for you to connect with mentors. If you're struggling or you need some help, contact any single one of us or any a practitioner. We are always willing to help. There's so much opportunity, and, and we love to help. So no question is too small. In fact, I was just chatting with someone again a couple minutes before I started this podcast. Uh, Dr. Perry Nicholson has a great spree cast where once or twice a month he does a level one, he does a level two, and he just goes over some incredible concepts. Uh, you can check him out on his Stop Chasing Pain page or contact him and to find more. But again, you need to be an NKT provider to, to participate. Um, a couple of our providers have, uh, have gone above and beyond. Um, Sean Kitzman, who will be one of my uh, guests on the next podcast, he has a great anatomy page. Um, you can check him out on Facebook. He's always um, putting, posting a different muscle and talking a little bit about it, and a little bit clinically and about how he has had some patients with these issues. Pretty good stuff. Thomas Wells, who is my first uh, interviewee, um, he always posts pro tips on the, on the NKT Scholars page, priceless tips. He's been doing NKT for a long time, and he knows what he's talking about. Dr. Kathy Dooley, she does her da uh, her Dooley Noted every day, and that's not just for NKT people. She does that on her own um, private space, but she always has some great information there, and, and she does some video um, Dooley Noted and some anatomy angel Dooley Noted, and those are really helpful um, for NKT practitioners. Another benefit of taking the class is that David has made um, each, for each level, level one, two, and three, um, videos of the classes available for you to look. Um, it's a private account that once you've taken the class at that level, you have access to see these videos. It's amazing. They just posted the level three videos, and I'm looking forward to diving into that myself. Again, there's other practitioners. Uh, Brock Easter is one from uh, Canada that he posts some great anatomy information. And again, there's just some other people uh, like my guest tonight who post some incredible stuff. I also, and this just came up a couple hours ago, I highly recommend, especially if you're struggling or you just really want to um, see the technique in action, I highly recommend that you shadow an advanced practitioner so you could see what's going on. I mean, it's really good. It gives you good insight into how we work and how we incorporate NKT. And again, there's all different people with all different professions, so it's good uh, to see how different people utilize uh, the NKT concepts in their practice. If you have any uh, questions about any of those things I just mentioned, feel free to contact me on Facebook or my private email, CairoRehab at Hotmail.com. I'd also just briefly like to mention something that has been helping me tremendously lately. It's not necessarily NKT, uh, but I've been extremely busy with my practice, thanks to NKT. Uh, I'm teaching now, I'm doing this podcast, and I've got a couple other projects that are going on. Uh, I've got three kids. Uh, my office desk was an absolute mess. Um, so basically, a couple weeks ago, when I got back from my vacation, I just went, okay, something's got to change. And someone turned me on to a book, and I've been listening. I had a free trial for Audible, and I, got, I downloaded a great audio book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And as a result, it's helped me immensely get organized. Uh, if you have those same struggles that I have had, um, I highly recommend checking this out. Um, it's just an incredible system. And if you like systems, um, this is right up your alley. And in fact, NKT is a system, the FMS, SFMA, these are all systems. And David Allen's uh, Getting Things Done, or GTD system, is absolutely phenomenal. He basically takes 
things that you're familiar with and brings it all together in an easy to use thing. And I have to say, in the two weeks that I've been using it, three weeks now, I just I'm just a lot more clear, a lot more focused, and I'm making things happen. And it's helping me in all aspects of my life, freeing up my brain cells so that I could spend more time with my family, which is great. And again. I always appreciate any feedback you might have, um, so feel free to contact me at any time with any questions or any people you'd like to see on this podcast. Now, as I go into my introduction, I always like to point out that I, that I love about NKT is that there's a diverse group of practitioners using this technique, and that each practitioner brings an incredible knowledge base to the technique. And as such, each person has a somewhat unique approach to how they treat your, their patients. And you can find these people on the NKT Scholars page. Again, it's a private page for all students that have taken a Level 1 NKT class. And as a result of this page, there's some incredible collaborations and teaching lessons that occur every day. In fact, there are many NKT providers on the page that I have on my list to interview on my pad podcast. I mean, the reality is there's so many people I want to learn from, and I know that if I want to learn from it, I'm sure you guys have the same questions. So if I can help you in any way, um, that's why I created this podcast. Now, when you join the NKT Scholars page, you learn pretty quickly who the more experienced practitioners are. And I definitely highly recommend you, you seek these guys out, and you develop a relationship, and you ask them questions. And again, that's why I developed this podcast so that I can speak to these people and share with what they have to what they have to teach. Now, I've gotten some great feedback on I've thoroughly enjoyed my first four podcasts: uh, Thomas Wells, Perry Nicholson, Marissa Macias, and Joel Crandall. Um, again, I'm always open to any guests, so feel free to let me know. Now, my guest tonight uh, is an incredible practitioner from Texas who's been practicing NKT for a long time. I'm I'm almost thinking he's one of the one of the oldest practitioners, not necessarily the oldest, but one of the longest uh, users of NKT out there. It's pretty amazing how long he's been doing it. And he has a pretty eclectic approach to patient management. Now, I, ha I have to admit, uh, for a while, and this is kind of funny, but I really had no idea what the hell he was talking about when I was reading his posts at first. And I kind of dismissed him. But then I started reading them a little bit more clearly, and as I spent more time learning about NKT and understanding these concepts, I revisited his post, and all of a sudden they were crystal clear. And it's amazing um, how much knowledge this guy has, and when you, when you start to get things, everything really starts to make a lot of sense. Um, and, I, and, and that I pointed that out... It, it, because, again, that was me personally thinking this, and I know other people think the same way. And, and really, it, it really seems to be a theme as I stop and look for it. Because when I first read Perry's post on Stop Chasing Pain, I thought he was crazy. And when I started reading, reading Thomas Wells' post, again, I thought he was nuts. And when I read Joel Crandall's post, I think he's crazy. But, but the reality is, is when, I, when I check my ego at the door and I allow myself to be open to different possibilities – Everything these people start, said started to make complete sense. And now I have to say that I'm forever grateful to have people like them in my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to interview them, and I'm happy to ask them questions because they're very knowledgeable people. And um, I left out Marissa, um, but as well, same thing as, as well. Everybody I think knows Marissa's a little bit crazy. <laughs> Just kidding, Marissa. But, um, but again, I'm very um, grateful to have these people in my life, and there, there's plenty of people more that I look forward to getting to know as well. So without further ado, I'm very excited tonight to get into Inside the brain of a long-time NKT practitioner, Joseph Schwartz. Hey, Joseph, how's it going? Hey, Eric. 
Good evening. Good to talk with you. Yes, excellent. Again, I mean, I mean, I guess the scholars page has now been, I don't know, a year, year and a half or so, and um, you were definitely one of the first people uh, that I would see posting in there, and I've always wanted to meet and, 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 and speak with you, so I'm very excited again to have this opportunity. So let's start off with your background. Um, what, what do you do? How long have you been doing it? Why don't you give us some background on that? Well, I've done lots of different things. I've had several different careers in my life. Which is, which is quite interesting because it's always been a, a wave for me. And I'm continually, I cycle back to movement and body work. Um, I started off um, as, as an athlete. And I consider myself an athlete first. And then through my athleticism and my needs, to be a better athlete or to heal myself from my own self-induced injury, I got into body work, and I started with somatics. Excellent. And um, where did you go to school for that? Um, it was really the school of life. I, I was in a climbing accident, and I took a long fall, and I broke my callus. And... I went uh, through a process of going through, you know, traditional uh, physical therapy. Then I worked with a, with a chiropractor that took me through some other um, uh, uh, therapeutic approaches. And I was eventually a case study for um, Stanford University. Um, the, the, the severity of my injury and the recovery level um, at that time, this was in 1985, um, at that time was um, uh, very astounding. I was very fortunate in the way that I broke my talus that uh, I didn't kill the bone and I didn't need um, any metal inserted. Nice. And um, were, what other stuff were you doing at the time? I know you said you were climbing. What are, you were an athlete. Did you play sports? What, I, w- what I was climbing and doing yoga. Doing yoga. Um, okay. Climbing for me was a really important expression of my movement. It, it really is the thing that helped me develop focus. It's one of those kinds of activities where not only is the movement highly sophisticated and the athleticism is very high, but also there's the um, the psychological factors that that at when you get to a certain level of climbing are more important. And so, learning to bring be in the moment and to connect with yourself, your breathing, your movement, and the story that the rock itself is telling you was perhaps my greatest lesson in my life. Excellent. And then, so when did you start working with other people? I started working with other people in the late 80s. And I, I, I started with um, reflexology and then some shiatsu. I worked with um, uh, people just giving, giving work away. It was, it was a way of, of connecting with people and sharing love. Excellent, excellent. And um, and how, how did you stumble upon NKT? Where did that fit into it? 
Well, you know, that's a really interesting story because I had, I was about to graduate from college. I went to college late. And Spirit literally turned my car into the parking lot of the massage school in which David was teaching at. And I signed up. I had no idea I was going to do that. (laughs) And how long ago was that? That was in the spring of 92. Wow. Nice. So you met David that long ago. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I did, I did the summer program at Alive and Well, and then I continued on for um, two years and did the, um, the master program, uh, did the, um, uh, what, what, Ended up becoming NKT, the the base level class. It was it was um, uh, back then. It was just called level three, um, and I started assisting all teachers in classes and working with all my teachers one on one. And just I just devoured it. Excellent. And then what? Uh, in addition to NKT, what other um, types of movement stuff did you get into? My the the most important movement I think I got into was actually in the in about two thousand two I was introduced to a movement form called Z Health. And I was uh I was in Eric Cobb's beta class. And it was a joint mobility class. And Eric he used the walking gait as a mode of looking at sacral movement and then using mobility drills to integrate the walking gait system. And it was quite fascinating for me at the time. Excellent. excellent. I started looking at those drills themselves and taking them apart and using those as, as, a, as, as their own feed-forward movement screen taking someone through the drill and then putting them on the table using NKT to clear their nervous system so that they could go back to the drill and perform the drill without any kind of impedance in their nervous system from reactive patterns, from the relational inhibition patterns, or from uh, uh, the uh, relational compensation patterns. Excellent. Now, you know, one thing that I see in your posts a lot, even recently, is a is a hierarchy. So, is this something that you developed your understanding of a hierarchy through this these types of experiences? Yeah, it's really interesting. The nervous system is it's pretty infinite, and I think of it as like what what's the when when does the trump card get played? where your nervous system gets hijacked, and who gets priority before that? And um, some of this was, was work that I uh, learned working with uh, Dr. Cobb. Um, he's a chiropractor, and um, he started with ocular work using 
looking at eye movement in relationship to movement. So we would do mobility drills and put our eyes in different quadrants as we were doing the drill and finding the places where our nervous system gets hijacked and using that as a guide to going deeper into our movement. Excellent. It's pretty exciting stuff. Now, how about, um, you know, with Joel, we talked a lot about breath work. How did, how did that fit in with that? Well, I, I'm fascinated by the breath work. There's, when, when we start looking at the hierarchy of the nervous system, it's the linkage into the autonomic nervous system. And so we have our smooth muscles, which are entirely governed by our autonomic nervous system. And then we have our strided muscles that are, that are the learned behavior motor control muscles. And the diaphragm is one of those muscles that has direct connection into the autonomic nervous system that we have conscious motor control over. So we can use our breathing to change our autonomic responses. Excellent. Exciting stuff. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, um, you know, speaking with Joel and, and, and talking a little about with Level 3, that really incorporates a lot of, of those concepts in, and that it's just amazing that you have been um, integrating that stuff for a long period of time. So I'm just curious, you know, how do you integrate your, your testing nowadays um, with your with your clients and with your patients, How, what, what what's the process? If I came to you and said, oh, "Geez, you know, my back is hurting," you know, how do you what what do you do? What can I expect? Um, I'm going to first look at at how you're moving, and I'm going to want to look at um, something that I call pitch roll and yaw, which are gives gives us a, a relationship to triplanar movement and how, how it's um, evolving in a three-dimensional body, I'm going to want to look at how your structure is able to incorporate movement and breath synchronistically, how, how your nervous system can organize. Where, where, where is the place where you, where you leak? Where do you hold your breath? Where does your body not want to go? I think of movement as there's really only two phases of movement. There's the phase of can, can that action, can the attachment shorten, can the muscle contract, or can the muscle lengthen? And if you look at it from that perspective and you see who's not lengthening, who's not contracting, contracting, then it becomes really simple to isolate where to go in assessment. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, I mean, so I guess you've developed your own um, system to how you look at people. You have them all do, like, what's, like, the first move you have someone do? Well, you know, I start with walking. And I want to observe their posture and they're walking before they even know that I'm observing them. And the reason why is because there's something that's called the performance gate. When we know someone's watching us, 
we change our posture. We change our organization because we want to do it right for them. And so I want to get, get them to reveal what's happening without going into a performance posture. And there's some little tricks that you can do if, you, if you're asking them to do a specific drill. Like, for example, um, I like to do a marching drill with people because I want to look at how through the gate they have the tendency to rotate in one direction or the other. And I'll have a march with their eyes closed because that will bring up uh, their compensation very quickly. That's a great idea. I like that a lot. Excellent. Now, do you? What would you? What would be the next thing you look at? How about that? Well, I, I always start with 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 the core. I always start with what's happening through the um, the psoas and the QL. The QL is a really fascinating uh, muscle because it actually works in all. Um, all three of the um, major motions of pitch, roll, and yaw. It stabilizes the lumbar. And the psoas, um, as a hip flexor, is also a lumbar stabilizer, which is, in martial arts, it's the, the core is the dandiyam. It's, it's the place where our center of movement has to happen from, so that it's that mid-place between the pelvic floor and the diaphragm, just below the belly button. If we don't have stability there, everything else is going to be off. Excellent, excellent. Yes, I, it's amazing how many people have core stability issues. <laughs> yeah. Almost every single yeah. person that comes in my, my door does. Excellent. And um, so from there, um, do you get people down on the floor? Do you have them do some, some rolling type stuff, some crawling It may. It really depends on, on, you know, what's coming in the door. It depends on what kind of athlete they are. Primarily, I work with athletes. And so they're coming to me with a, either a sports injury or they're looking to get an edge on performance or, you know, they're in pain and they realize they're not performing as well as they had in the past and, and you know, and they need a tune-up. And so I'm going to be looking at what's, what their pro- is like where they're where they're deficient, what their um, their body is telling them, and then I'm going to want to assess you know through um, through their breath, through their through their core, um, and then out through I, I think of axial to appendicular. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, core stability, distal mobility. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, axial appendicular is really super important. Um, getting getting the psoas and the QL to, to to work together, getting the obliques and the TVA to work together, getting the uh, multifidus and the rectus abdominis working together. Those are those are those are like the primary functional opposites. That once you've got that, then you can start looking at other things the ability to um, absorb and retranslate energy. That's like primary in, in locomotion. So um, shock absorption, our relationship to the gravity well, 
as gravity pushes down on us, are we able to expand into that gravity? Definitely. So um, you, you mentioned athletes. Um, what kind of athletes do you work with? Anything in particular? I work with dancers, climbers, swimmers. Um, I have. Uh, what do you see with the dancers? Cut you off there for a um, second. Um, dancers, because um, that makes. I mean, going back to your gravity thing, what what kind of stuff do you see with dancers? That's an interesting population. Well, you know, dancers usually have challenges. Um, either in their foot mechanics or their pelvis. Their, um, while they may have knee injuries, it almost always originates from what's not happening in their pelvis. And then when you start looking at um, uh, like ballet dancers that are wearing point shoes, and things like that, and clear, clearing their foot mechanics is super important. And then you also have to be careful, too, working with, with athletes and, and know their profession because if you take away their compensation, you can also take away their ability to, to use their skill. And this is something that um, you've got to be real careful with. Like Joel was telling me, when he works with uh, circ athletes, he has to be very careful with his corrections because their compensations are built into the skill that they have learned, and you take away that compensation, and then their skill, the timing in their skill is off, and they can get hurt. Okay. And I've actually found that with ballet dancers by taking off the propensity for external hip rotation removing that skill and then they don't have stability hmm. interesting so how would you handle that the way I would handle that is not so much as focus on releasing external rotation as strengthening internal rotation hmm. so I want to add stability into the structure excellent excellent Definitely. What other, so I cut you off there, what other athletes do you work with? Um, climbers are some of my favorite athletes to work with, actually. And, and the, the reason why is because the movement in climbing is so diverse. And... They're very focused athletes when you start getting into the upper levels of climbing. They're looking for anything that will give them that extra bit of, of performance. When you start thinking about um, efficiency of movement, if you think of, of our energy system as being finite, and if we can increase our efficiency, then that finite source can go farther. And that's one of the things that I like to do with my climbing athletes is to get them moving better than the, the energy store that they have. They can utilize it um, in more and more capacity. Interesting. And what? So what? I've never worked with a climber before, and that, is that is 
definitely something that fascinates me. What kind of things do you see with them? Do you how do you find their grip strength? Oh, climbers have phenomenal grip strength. Something called contact strength, and that's a combination of 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 the chain from their grip strength from their fingers through their arm lines through the back arm lines tying into um, the um, the deep longitudinal system. Um, when you start looking at at the relationship of gravity and going from biped to quadruped to inverted um, brachiation and those kinds of movements, the, the kinetic chains change as far as where uh, the energy flows. Like, for example, swimmers, the deep longitudinal line starts at the hands and is an anterior line. The... the um, what they call the um, the glide phase of the stroke or the spearing action to get to the glide phase. That would be uh, the deep longitudinal line in a swimmer. And in a climber, uh, the gravity is opposite. So we're, we're pulling against gravity. And so then the, the deep longitudinal line runs down the arms on the back line. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it sounds pretty amazing. Now, what, now, do you teach yoga? Is that something you teach, or is it just something you practice? And do you incorporate it's something that? something I practice, and I also I, I teach to my friends. I've, I've developed um, some of my own forms um, utilizing different tools. Like, for example, I have a climbing dome in my backyard, a geodesic dome, and I make my climbing my yoga. Nice. And so I've created different movement forms to specifically train different kinetic chains in working in something that's called six degrees of freedom, which is um, the different ways that we move. We move up and down. We move front and back. We move side to side. We turn around the coronal axis, we roll around the uh, uh, coronal axis, um, we, we, we pitch around the sagittal plane, we rotate around the transverse plane. And we start looking at those different kinds of movements and putting them together into a format so that you're moving in all six degrees of freedom, something, something unique happens in your nervous system because it's being asked to work in a very complete way rather than something like somebody that's doing a repetitive movement like a runner or a, or a, or a cyclist. Those, those motions don't challenge all six degrees of freedom. And so then they develop compensations in the ranges of motion that they don't use. Interesting. It sounds somewhat similar to the theory of uh, gyrotonics. Are you familiar with that system at all? Yeah. Yeah, gyrotonics is a beautiful form. Yeah. It's about, it's about again, it's about mobility, s circular motion, finding there's, – there's different kinds of joint movement. There's, there's, a, there's an expression of – going in, in, a, in, a, in a plane, moving in a plane, and then we can move 
circularly, and then we can move in clovers, which is taking a, an infinity and then uh, dividing that infinity into four quadrants. And then the ultimate expression of that is the waveform. Like if you think about a flag blowing in the wind and you look at the way that the cloth motion moves, our bodies are essentially water and we have the ability to wave our connective tissue like that. And it's a really advanced form of energy transmission. Martial artists practice this. And when you start to learn to wave the body, you find efficiency in moving through the fascia. So the muscles are activating the fascial matrix, and the fascial matrix is then doing the work. Hmm. Interesting concept. You have me breakdancing right now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you start looking at, at, at the, you know, when I was a kid, you know, and, and what I learned as far as, you know, movement and dancing and gymnastics and, 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 and those activities and what, what the kids are doing today, it is phenomenal. The athleticism is just phenomenal. And it's just yeah. learning how to organize and move differently. I, I have to admit, watching my now six-year-old daughter do 12 pull-ups and then climb a rope all the way to the ceiling, it, it, her movement and her strength absolutely blow me away. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I know in, in, in going into that gymnastic type of thing, uh, you're, you know, I noticed on Facebook you do acro, what is it, acro yoga? Is that what it's called? Acro yoga. Yeah, it's, an, it's, a, it's a partnered acrobatics practice. Interesting, interesting. And a little bit the beautiful that, thing about acro yoga is that it's, it's a blending of formats. And the partnership creates connection. So it's not merely the, the, the physical activity, but it's the connection that you build, the trust, the communications, um, the development of of a flow state awareness where you and your partner are working to accomplish um, more and more sophisticated movement together. Hmm. Very interesting. Interesting. Excellent. And um, now how about kettlebells? you incorporate that into your workout as well? I love kettlebells. I like kettlebells and I like club bells. Um, swinging weight is a wonderful activity. Um, with proper mechanics. Without proper mechanics, you can get hurt. Um, there was an interesting study done um, uh, in the Soviet Union uh, during the space program when they were looking at how to overcome uh, the uh, demineralization of bones, how to increase the osteoplast um, formation in bones to overcome what they were calling space sickness at the time. And they found that distraction of the joint and bone creates as much osteoplast growth as compression without the deterioration that you can get through the compressive forces, which is quite interesting. 
No, no, definitely. So you can be making space in your in your joint capsule, and getting all the benefit of of creating uh, connective tissue strength and bone density. Excellent, excellent, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, so let's see here. Um, any other form? I know you, you know. I've noticed somehow you have a friendship with Scott Sonin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. That's um, correct. Yeah. Yeah. What's? Uh, I, I mean, he posts some interesting stuff. I, I, you know, very motivational kind of guy. What's? Um, you know, what's your interaction with him, and and what have you learned from him, or vice versa? Well, I I met Scott in 2004, and I was very intrigued with him. I. The first book that I got from him was called Body Flow, Freedom from Fear Reactivity. And he, um, he was actually the, uh, the, um, uh, the creator of Z-Health, in which he and Eric at one time had, had, had formulated um, a partnership in which Scott was going to be doing the athletic performance division and Eric was going to be doing the rehab division of what was RMAX International. And um, when I started working with Scott, at the time I was getting a lot of body work. I was pretty injured from, from, some, from accidents, from, from rock climbing. And it was like, you know, I'm not getting better. I'm going to try something different. And so I gave myself a two-year plan, and I just focused on doing the joint mobility work and the closed-chain exercises that later became um, prasara yoga that started off as body flow. And after a couple of years, I noticed how vast my athleticism had come. And my yardstick was my climbing. So I would go on my climbing trips, and I would get up an hour and a half before all my other friends would get up so that I could do my, my mobility work. And they all kind of laughed at me. You know, there's Schwarzy doing his mobility work. But the thing was, by the end of the day, I was feeling great while they were feeling hammered in the day. Hmm. Interesting, interesting stuff. Definitely. And that, as you were talking about climbing again, I went back to your backyard with your dome in it. I think that's just phenomenal. <laughs> I think we need to um, market these things and uh, teach classes on how to use them. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's um, one of the things that, that I love to do is I love to, I love to share my movement. My, my, my movement's novel. You know, it's stuff that I work out on my own that makes sense in my body. And then when I teach my friends this work, they're like, this is hard. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, this this makes sense to me. Yeah, well, I've seen some of your older videos, and I've tried to replicate some of those easier movements. And <laughs> I'll tell you, you're right. You do pick up your leaks and where your weaknesses are uh, pretty pretty quickly. So it is some amazing stuff. So. Um, maybe we we can get David to get you to um, you know maybe speak a little bit at the um, symposium we're planning for possibly next year. That might be a great idea right there. Um, yeah. Well, I'm right now I'm working on a project that involves something I'm calling it the five primary kinetic chains, and I've got 
uh, an exercise for each chain in which there's four levels of progression. So there's a total of 20 different exercises. And I'm using NKT to clear the nervous system so that, so that as you do these exercises, that you can uh, properly integrate so that you're targeting the kinetic chain rather than your compensation. And I'm getting some great results with it. That, that sounds awesome because that's kind of where my head is, is going as well with the, um, the, the, the systems, the way your body moves, and then, you know, trying to get people to integrate these movements as they start to um, clear their nervous system, as they start to function better, you know, to get them to the next level. Unfortunately, in my position as a chiropractor, I got limited time with my patients and insurance dictates things, so I don't get to spend as much time getting to that level. But that is definitely something I'm, I'm personally extremely interested in. So excellent. So um, that, that, that's good stuff. We'll have to keep an eye on, on you for, for, for presenting that stuff at some point. That, that's awesome. Now, I know um, that you teach some review classes, some um, you know, study groups and stuff. Uh, how, often, how often do you do that? Um, I have, a, uh, I have a, a, a mentoring group that, um, uh, that people come over to my home uh, twice a month. And then we also have a study group. We have a level one study group and a level two study group in Austin, which is about 45 minutes away. Um, the, the work that we're doing um, here privately is more based on research and development. And in the study groups, we're taking the, um, the fundamental premises of NKT and, and um, Showing, showing, showing the, the newcomers how to, how to expand on that, looking at their skill sets, their ability to, to first connect with the nervous system and muscle test clearly, um, to understand the anatomy and uh, learning how to line up attachments, um, getting, getting a viewpoint of, you know, the, the fiber orientation, understanding what range of contraction is so that you can really look at who's playing who in a movement. Excellent. Great tips. I was just, just going to ask you for some tips for new practitioners, and that, that, that's some good stuff right there because uh, that's, you know, one thing that's a common theme on, on the scholars page is people getting overwhelmed, they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they need some help. And, and, and I, you know, the bottom line is keep it simple. Learn the anatomy, learn the testing, and just practice. And the advanced concepts that we talked about tonight are just the next logical progression, which, again, like I said, when I first read your, your post, I just wasn't ready for that information. That was way beyond anything I could comprehend. But now that I look at it with a different set of eyes, it actually completely makes sense, and I'm ready to learn that stuff and implement that stuff, and it, it's phenomenal. So it really sounds like um, you've got a really a lot of good stuff going on in Texas, and geez, if I was anywhere in Texas, I would try to get to some of your groups and, and be part of your mentoring. That, that's got to be priceless. And I know just from you know uh, one person in particular, Jesse, <clears throat> Jesse James, just seeing him, I mean, I think I was at his level one class uh, in New York and um, seeing his posts and then him starting to work with you, and he's just like a whole other level 
than the, than the last time I saw him, and and that's definitely a, a big part of of what you're doing out there. So, you know, again, if someone's listening to this and they're out in your area, they need to connect with you and and learn from you because you obviously have a lot of great stuff to um to offer. Uh, so, any other? I, I know you're developing your thing and you're um, assisting some classes. Uh, are any you have any classes that you plan on taking in in the future? Any, any you know, classes my, you recommend? Well, my classes, you know, like I said, I'm I'm an athlete first. And for me, it's my movement exploration is what's going to help develop me as a practitioner, knowing where can I take my body to the next level. And for me, I want to be able to get my clients to move again to find their passion in their movement. And in order to do that, I have to have that same fire. I've done some really cool courses over the years. Um, What I'm really interested in doing next is actually more of the philosophy side of movement. So I'm looking at um, some of the, um, the tantric yoga practices that are about using meditation and stillness to find your depth. Interesting. And I think that has a lot of carryover in NKT. And the reason why I say that is in order to get out of the way of connecting with your client, you gotta, you got to drop into a deeper place. I think that the if I was to give like the big pointer for for new um, practitioners, it would be stop thinking and just feel, and then from what you feel, use that as a springboard to think what that means, and always come back to the feeling. Because that's where your the subtlety of your work is going to come from by how much you can feel, and that's part of meditation. Excellent, excellent, great, great advice, and and you know something I try to work on myself, and uh, you know even before talking to Joel, but Joel really drove it home to me is focusing on my breathing and really mm. preparing myself you know, letting things go and, and, and getting involved with my patient that walks in the door next. And, and like you said, sometimes you you got to let, let it go so that you can get to where that person's at and figure out what they want. And, you know, you got a million different things running around in your head, what you want to look at, this and that. And I agree, you gotta, you got you to gotta figure out what, where that person is and, and what they need. And that's awesome. That's, that's some wonderful advice. All right, excellent. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a yogic practice of breathing in which you match breath with your partner. And I use that in my practice when I'm working with clients. And so I know where they're breathing and when they're not. And so I don't have to even cue them into, oh, and take a breath here, exhale, and hold here. I know where, the, where they are in their breath cycle. And I know if, they're, if, they're, um, if their nervous system is being hijacked by their breath. 
because I'll, I'll feel it in myself. Awesome. Man, that was awesome. <laughs> that was just a moment for me, so thank you. Uh, wow, that, that just put a lot of things together for me right there. I could totally um, just brought me back to a patient I was seeing today. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. Hmm. Now, um, you know, I, I'm just thinking about that. You do that subconsciously. You know, obviously you don't bring it to their attention. You just kind of figure out their breath and, and, and go from there. Yeah, that that's that's one of those things where there's a there's a lot that's happening in a session that's not communicated. You know, nonverbal communication is probably ninety percent of what's going on, at least, and it's just part of my way of connecting with the client. You know, when I first when I when I generally connect with a client, I start with just holding their feet and matching breath. And then I'll start looking at range of motion and then um, move move from there, depending on what I'm feeling. Oh, man. I love that. There's another carryover in this that's really fascinating to me, and that is when I'm palpating and I feel pain, I feel, I feel the tension and the pain in my own body, not necessarily like if I'm palpating, I feel back and I feel it in my back. I mean, like I feel tension in my fingers and in my forearms. And I use that as a tool so that not only can I connect, but also when I consciously release the, that tension in myself that I connect to their tension, I can feel their tension release. It's matching. It's an energetic matching. Nice. Nice. Again, that's awesome. I mean, I just I brought me again right back to a patient today that I noticed um, as I was releasing her um, levator scapula, my elbows were killing me. Mm-hmm. She got up and she's like, wow, this is the best I've felt in like the longest time. Ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, wow. That's pretty amazing because at the same time I'm thinking, man, my elbows are killing me. <laughs> so, wow. All right. Picking up signs, picking up signals. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, well thank you um, again for spending your uh, an hour with me here. I, I greatly appreciate your time and your insight and your knowledge and I look forward to uh, meeting you in person. I've heard good things. Uh, my good friend Emily, um, I guess you assisted her class, at, which she took in Detroit a little while back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sean Kitzman has good things to say about you. And, uh, again, I, I just think that you're one of the treasures uh, in the NKT universe, and I hope that um, this interview, this podcast, exposes your concepts to um, a lot of different practitioners, and I hope that some people reach out to you and um, ask for some some guidance because, um, I mean, you gave me a lot of wonderful things tonight, and I, I, I thank you tremendously. So uh, thank well, you so pleasure. much for, uh, for, for, for being on my podcast. And um, excellent. And um, I just uh, also, again, thanks. Uh, this is our um, 
uh, my fifth podcast here. Very excited about that. My next one, I'm going to be talking to an NKT practitioner, Sean Kitzman. Um, I'm excited to, to, to see where he's at. He combines a lot of martial arts stuff uh, with his NKT practice. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk to him and about his anatomy page. Um, we've got some good things. I got some good people lined up. Uh, Jamie Francis, uh, Brian Strump, uh, Kathy Dooley is on the docket, um, and more. I've got a lot of people on my list, and, and if you're listening, uh, probably at one point I'd like to talk to you. So again, if you have any feedback, feel free to uh, connect with me on Facebook or send me a message to CairoRehab.com. And until... Uh, next time, uh, thank you for joining me on Inside the Brain of Joseph Schwartz.